and welcome back to my channel, Freedom by Faith Ministries. In today's talk, we're going to continue our series on spiritual warfare and all of the pieces of the armor that God has provided for us so that we can win this battle that we're in, the spiritual battle, the spiritual warfare that we're in with Satan. So before we get started, we're going to pray. And I again want to thank you for joining us for today. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for bringing us here today, Lord. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to take over this meeting, to take over this talk, this teaching. I ask you, Lord, to, to use my mouth to speak through me so that your children can have the revelation and the knowledge that you would like to impart on them for today. So we thank you, Lord, and we trust that today will be a powerful, a powerful teaching that will help us to have strength in the middle of this battlefield that we're in so that we can continue to demonstrate your victory. So in today's talk, we're going to... Um, speak a little bit about faith. In the last um, teaching, we're talking about the breastplate of Jesus's righteousness, how to keep that breastplate on at all times so that when we're facing battle, we are con constantly fully armored. Paul said specifically in Ephesians 6 to put on every piece of God's armor, right? We must have every single piece which requires that we humble ourselves, that we obey the word of God. Um, so today is going to be a talk on the shield of faith. So we're going to start with 1 Peter 1, verse 6 and 7. It says, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. And so we know that it's important in the battle to have every single piece of our armor. And for today's talk, we're talking about the shield of faith. Right. And so if we go back to Ephesians six, um, verse 10, where Paul says a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, he says to put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. So for us to be able to stand firm against all strategies, we must put on every single piece of the armor of God. OK, and then he goes on to talk about the different pieces of our armor, which is the purpose of our um, series, um, this teaching, the teaching that we're um, speaking about today. And so in verse 16, it says, in addition to all of these, this is still Ephesians 6, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Right? So, and so when the devil has strategies against us, and he's throwing fiery darts and arrows at us to destroy us, right? When we hold up that shield of faith, he can't penetrate and get to us, right? Because his aim is to kill, steal, and destroy anything in his sight. But we, re we learned in our last video, right, that Satan is looking for someone to devour. It doesn't say he can devour everyone. And so our shield of faith protects us from his fiery darts, right? And so it's important that we keep our shield of faith up at all times and we find out in first Peter chapter 1 verses 6 and 7 that or 
the trials that we go through show that our faith is genuine, right? Our faith is being tested, right? So it's not enough to just have faith and think that's enough. Our faith is going to be tested time and time and time again. So don't be surprised, right? When we're going through trials in this world, God is testing our faith because we want to make sure that our faith remains strong and we want to make sure that our shield, our shield, there's no holes in it. So God is going to test our faith, making sure that it's genuine and that requires trial. So that gives me comfort knowing that whatever trials I'm going through, God has a reason for it, even if we don't understand it, but because he allowed it, right? We know that there's something good that's going to come out of it. And for eternity's sake, eternity's sake, it says when your faith remains strong through all these trials that we go through, right? There's a reason for it. He says, um, Peter is telling us that when your faith remains strong through these many trials, it will bring you praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ returns, right? On the day that he's revealed to the whole world, we will have praise, glory and honor as well as Christ, obviously, when he comes back because of all the trials that we endured and because our faith remains strong through these trials. All right. So we don't have to get upset or angry or bitter when we're going through trial. I don't deserve to go through this. Right. God has a purpose for it. Right. We're waiting for the return of Christ and going through trials is is necessary for our faith to remain strong so that we can share in his glory and honor and praise when he returns. First Peter chapter five, six through nine. So in our last video, we spoke about humility and I mentioned how every piece of the armor are interconnected. So it's hard to talk about one piece of the armor without talking about the other pieces because they're so interconnected with one another. Um, so here, although we're talking about faith, humility is going to come in, right? And last, in the last video, we spoke about the breastplate of righteousness and humility and faith came into that when we were talking about fasting. So fasting brings about faith. It increases our faith. And it's also a mode of humility as well. So here we're going to talk about faith. And we spoke about this um, the last talk. Uh, First uh, Peter chapter 5, 6 through 9 says, Humble yourself under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. We saw that word before in First Peter chapter 1. Right. So humility brings honor. Right. And in the last verse, we talked about our faith being tested will bring us glory and honor and praise. Right. Um, so he says he'll lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God. And he cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone. The, ver the, the word we want to focus on is he's looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. So this passage starts out with humble yourself, give all your worries and cares to God, stay alert and watch out for the enemy, right? He has tactics that he's trying to use to throw at you, right? The fiery darts, the fiery arrows, right? So be strong in your faith and stand firm against him, right? So it requires humility, which we talked about in our last video about the breastplate of righteousness and it requires faith, that shield, right? So now you have the breastplate of righteousness, right? Walking uprightly before God, humbling ourselves before him and doing the will of God and following the word of God, right? That's the breastplate that protects our heart from the enemy, penetrating and manipulating and uh, terrorizing us in our hearts and minds. Um, so that's the breastplate, right? We need to protect our heart and also hold up that shield, Right. We need to stand firm against Satan. 
right? And be strong in your faith. So it's all in the same verse. Verse 9, stand firm against him and be strong in your faith, right? So we stand against Satan and we must have that shield up at all times because he's firing all day, right? He's looking for somebody to destroy. And if we don't want to be that person that he's looking for, right, we must stand firm in faith and also remain humble before God. We're still in 1 Peter. We're going to go one chapter before that. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. One of my favorite verses that I meditate on this verse almost every day. It says, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials. There's that word again, right? How can you have faith if you don't have any trials to go through, right? So for us to, to exercise faith, we must go through trials, right? It says, dear friends, don't be surprised, right? We're always in shock. Like, well, why is this happening? I didn't deserve this. Right. I didn't see this coming. Right. So it says, don't be surprised. So we should be prepared for the trials to come. We should be always on guard, knowing the trials will come and Satan will use them to make us fall. But God will use the same trials. Right. To strengthen our faith. Right. Our faith is being tested. Then that's what we need to keep those fire darts away from us. So verse 12 says, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you're going through as if something strange is happening. Right. Instead, be very glad. How many people can say, honestly, when they're going through trials that they're glad. Right. So I try to teach and train myself. I can't say it's easy. Right. But over over the years that I've been studying scripture, it's become easier and easier. But the verses like this, I meditate on them almost every single day. And that's why it's a lot easier today than 10 years ago to actually have joy in a trial, knowing that God is doing it for a purpose or he's allowing it for a purpose, I should say. Don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Again, it says, instead, be very glad. We saw that word again before. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering. Jesus was suffered, right? And we are his ambassadors, his representatives. We are following his ways, right? And so he says, our trials make us, make us partners with him. In his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. So we saw this very same um, concept that our trials, the suffering that we go through is for the glory that we're going to share with Christ when he returns. Right. We are partners with him because of his victory on the cross. He will come back in glory. And those of us who have gone through many trials and have rejoiced in our trials, knowing that it will bring us also glory because we're going to share that glory with Jesus Christ, right? I'm going to read the last part one, one more time. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering. So that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to the world. So I would highly recommend if you're going through a trial right now or whenever the trial comes and believe me, it's coming. Um, to write down some of these verses and meditate on them over and over and over again. It's, it comes um, to surprise whenever we're going through anything. But if we're preparing our minds for the trials that we know are coming by meditating on these verses, then going through that trial is not as painful. And as we train ourselves to think God's ways, right, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways, my thoughts. God's thoughts are higher than us. So we may disagree with the situation we're in. Right. But God says that the trials that we go through make us partners with Christ. 
in his suffering so that when he comes back, the glory that he's going to have, we're going to share some of that glory as well. Right. And so this is so opposite of the way the human mind thinks. Right. We think trials are a bad thing, but God doesn't obviously think that. Right. He's saying that we ought to be glad when we're going through trials. Right. And so we don't want to um, be in our in our flesh, basically. Right. And come at every situation with our emotions, anger, resentment, trying to get out of it as fast as we can. God is saying here to be glad in it. Why? Because we need our faith in order to overcome spiritual battles and our faith remains strong when it's tested. And our faith is tested through trials. Right. So we should all we ought to actually thank God when we're in these trials. Right. All right. One of my other favorite verses, um, Romans chapter five, three to five. And so here Romans. So Paul is talking now to the Romans here and he's saying in verse three, we can rejoice. Right. That's interesting. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Here is that word trials again. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Let's just meditate on that for a second. Right? So this is a direct order from God, right? The Holy Spirit is revealing these things to, to Paul. And he says we ought to rejoice when we run into trials and problems. Right? For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Right. So we know from our last teaching on the breastplate of righteousness that Satan is the one at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Right. But the breastplate of righteousness requires humility and obedience to God. Right. And the breastplate, as you if you think about it in the natural, it protects your heart because that's where Satan goes. That's what he goes for. It's for the heart. But here it's saying because of our faith. Right. We know that that's the shield that we need to stop the fiery arrows of Satan. Right. And we need trials in order to test for the testing of our faith. Right. Here it's saying to endure in order to endure through these trials. Right. We ought to have joy. Rejoice when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. So we need to be able to endure through trials. Right. And so for us to learn to endure, we must go through trials, obviously. And while we're going through these trials, Paul is instructing us to rejoice in it. Right. So we saw glad twice when we're going through trials and now we're seeing joy to rejoice in it. Right. So these are the strategies that Satan uses to come against us. It's our lack of knowledge. Right. So when we're going through trials, instead of rejoicing, knowing that our faith is being tested, because that's one of the armor. That's one of the pieces of the armor that we need is our faith. But instead we complain, we murmur. Right. We want to fight and argue and get our point and get our way. And Satan loves that. He loves that because he knows that that is not pleasing to God. It's not the, your breastplate of righteousness is off and your shield is down. Right. And so we're giving Satan a gateway to enter into our lives and to cause destruction. And that's why there's so many divorces in the church. Right. So many chaos and division, you know, fighting, arguing, even in churches, like inside the church. Right. 
because we're in our flesh and we're not thinking spiritually. We're not thinking eternally. We're thinking about right now, this person did this to me and I'm going to get them before they get me, right? No, bless your enemies, God said. Bless your enemies. Pray that God will bless them, right? Romans 12. And so we need to know the strategies of Satan. And if we don't know the word of God, you have to lose that battle, right? And so we're not losing battles because Satan is so much stronger. We're losing battles because we refuse to obey our captain, right? So a good soldier, a good soldier must be able to hear the word of the leader, the captain, right? In this case, Jesus, we have to be able to hear the word of God through his spoken word and also to his words being speak, spoken directly to us, right? We have to have a, an ear for the Holy Spirit so that we know what direction we need to go, right? So God is sovereign and he knows every situation that we will ever be in in this life. And he wrote a verse about it in the word, right? So I have never so far in my life been in any situation that I couldn't find a verse that spoke about it, right? So the trials and tribulations you go through, God already knew they would come and he wrote many verses about them. And we're going to go through some of them today. And that is um, one of the great ways that we keep our shield of faith strong is by enduring trials. It is a necessary part of the Christian walk. The, the faith that we have requires that we endure through trials. And that's what keeps Satan at bay because he knows that he cannot penetrate our faith. He cannot penetrate that shield that we are holding up. Right. But we need trials in order to know how to hold up that shield. So our next verse will be uh, our next verse will be James one, two to four. Another one of my favorite. I know I say that a lot, but this book is just packed full of wisdom that if you don't immerse yourself in the word of God, I don't know what else to say. Right. Because without the Bible, I, I you just really, you won't make it. There's no way to, to really be successful in God's eyes. You can be successful the world's way, right? Which is going to lead to nothing in the end. But to have eternal success in this world requires that we know the word of God and we know it very well. So James 1, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. So we saw trials being connected to being glad twice and we saw rejoice in your trials in the last verse and now James is saying so we, went, we have the apostle Paul saying the same thing we have the apostle Peter saying the same thing and now James is telling us the same thing right and these apostles suffered greatly they suffered greatly for preaching the word of God in a time where you could go to prison and be killed for preaching the word of God and they're saying you know when you're in trouble Rejoice. So James now is telling us, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, right? James is saying the same thing that Peter was telling us not too long ago. For you know that when your faith is tested, there's that word again, your endurance, your endurance has a chance to grow. And Paul mentioned endurance in the last verse uh, in Romans, in the book of Romans, right? So there's the word endurance again, right? So how do we endure through these trials, right? When we're in the middle of a battlefield and the enemy and his demonic agents are coming against us, how do we endure, right? He said to rejoice in trouble of any kind. It doesn't matter what kind of trouble it is. We must endure through it. 
right? And in order to do that, we must have joy, right? Consider an opportunity for joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So our faith must be tested, right? You can't just have faith just to have faith. Our faith must be tested, right? And we learn to endure, right? Your endurance will grow. So let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing, right? So perfection and completion comes from our enduring through trials, right? Which means these trials are testing our faith. And in these trials, we must, we must rejoice and have, and have joy. All right, so we're moving on to Hebrews 10, verse 38. Hebrews 10, verse 38 says, And my righteous ones will live by faith. And I mentioned earlier that the pieces of the armor of God are interconnected. It's very difficult to speak about one and not bring in the other pieces of the armor. And so it says here that my righteous ones, right, the breast, they have the breastplate of righteousness on them, right, will live by faith, which is the shield of faith, right? So you have the breastplate on and the shield at the same time. So they go together, right? So living righteously before God is an act of faith, right? Being humble, fasting regularly, right? It's an act of faith and humility, which is part of the breastplate. Okay, so I'm going to read it um, one more time. It says, and my righteous ones will live by faith. Okay, we are moving on to the following chapter in the same book of Hebrews. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Right? So we cannot please God without faith. So not only do we need trials in order to in order for our faith to be tested, right? That we need to have faith in order to please God. Right? So we need faith in order to overcome evil. For us to have strong faith requires trials and we and rejoice in our trials and to endure, which means we could, so that we can endure through these trials, right? That's the only way that our faith will be strong enough to withstand Satan, right? Is to allow the testing of our faith through the trials and then rejoicing in them, right? To overcome evil. But that also pleases God, right? Faith pleases God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. And, and we know in Ephesians 6, when Paul says, put on every piece of God's armor, at the beginning, he says, be strong in your faith. Be strong in the Lord, Right. So we need the Lord in order to overcome evil. We cannot do it without him. It is impossible. Right. So we ought to be strong in the Lord, which means we need him to be strong. We need God to be strong enough to withstand these spiritual battles, but to please him. Right. For God to be with us in these in these battles, we must have faith in him. So the faith that we need is not only to overcome evil and the fiery arrows of Satan coming at us. But it also pleases God, right? He's the captain. He is the, the leader. He's the king over the entire universe. Everything that was created was for him, by him, because of him, right? So Jesus is the king, he, and he is the word of God. So we must remain in faith to overcome battles from spiritual, our spiritual enemies. But we also need to remain in faith because it pleases our captain in this battle. All right, Romans 1, verse 17. 
This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight, and this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. So Paul is basically saying the same thing, right? For us to walk in the righteousness of Christ, right? It says the good news tells us how God, God makes us right in his sight. And we know that we're right in his sight through Jesus Christ. Um, and this is accomplished by faith, right? This is, so righteousness is accomplished by faith. Right. We have faith in Jesus and his death, burial and resurrection. Right. It is through faith that a, that a righteous person has life. So we see the connection between the breastplate of righteousness again and that shield of faith that we need in Christ. Our very last passage will be first John five verses one through five. This is another passage that I meditate on almost every day. Everyone who believes, faith, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God, right? Everyone who believes that Jesus Christ is, that Jesus Christ, he is the Christ, has become a child of God. So we become a child of God when we believe that Jesus is the Christ. And everyone who loves the Father Loves his children too. And we know that we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. For loving God means keeping his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the whole world? How to win the battle against the whole world. We know the world is being controlled by evil, right? Satan was cast down from heaven and he's now the king. He is the temporary ruler of this world. But how do we as believers um, win against him in this battle, in this world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the son of God by faith, right? By faith. So it's important to know that when we believe because of our faith in Christ, that he is the Christ. Jesus is the Christ. He's the king, right? We have power over the enemy. We can overcome the entire world by faith. Okay, so in verse 4, for every child of God, right? So everybody calls themselves the child of God. So we're going to go back to um, the first couple of verses again. What does it mean to really truly be a child of God? Every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith, right? So for us to have victory through faith against the whole world that Satan is in control of, even though he's the king of this world, we have power over the king of this world, right? That is a very powerful statement that Satan is the king of this world, yet we who are the children of God, we can defeat this evil world through faith, right? So how do you know you're a child of God, right? Verse four says, for every child of God defeats this evil world, right? It doesn't say every Christian who goes to church every Sunday defeats this evil world. It says every child of God. So we assume by going to church every day, we're children of God, right? But it says everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God, right? And if we love God, 
right? Everyone who loves God will love his children. Love. Does every Christian love the children of God? Right? So ask yourself that question. Can I honestly say that I truly love the children of God too? Right? We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. And Jesus said in another passage, if you love me, obey me. If you love me. It doesn't say if you love me, you're a Christian, you go to church every Sunday. If you love me, you're obeying my commandments. Right? So you're a child of God if we believe Jesus is Christ and we love his children and obey his commandments. Right? That is a definition, a definition of a child of God. And only after you've met all these conditions are you called truly a child of God. Right? Loving God in verse 3. Loving God means keeping his commandments. It doesn't say you're going to a specific church, you belong to this religion. Right? Loving God means that we have to first know the word of God in order to obey it. Right? And to live according to it. And only then can you call yourself a child of God. And then the next verse says, now this child of God, if you meet these criteria to be called a child of God, every child of God defeats this e evil world. And we do that by faith. Right? That shield that we spoke about. So ask yourself those questions. Do I love God? Do I obey him? Do I love his children also? Right? Is there a lot of bickering and fighting in your home, in your church? Right. So really, we need to examine ourselves. So these verses about spiritual warfare is only true for those who truly love God and obey him. Right. So when we read these verses, we assume this is for every Christian who goes to church every Sunday and we believe in Jesus and we're doing what we think is right. But we're bickering. We're fighting. We're not obeying the word. We're not forgiving our enemies and blessing them. We're not doing good to them. Right. We're doing the opposite of what the word says, but we still call ourselves a child of God. And we don't understand why we keep losing spiritual battles, right? So these are the verses that I would highly recommend that we meditate on on a daily basis. But because these verses are very counterintuitive, right? We would never think trials should be something to be celebrated, right? But it takes years of practice over and over again to make these verses, you know, a reality for us. And because they're in the Bible, God expects us to read them, to meditate on them, and to do them, right? And only then can you claim to be a child of God when we're obeying Him. And only then can we expect victory in the spiritual warfare that we're in. So Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for today's message. I ask that this message would, would bless someone. Someone would benefit from, these, from this teaching. And we thank you, Lord, for providing us with wisdom and an understanding of how this world, this evil world operates. Lord, we ask you to continue to help us to humble ourselves before you so that you can continue to reveal to us the ways of the enemy so that we know exactly how to attack with humility, putting on our breastplate of righteousness, remaining at peace, um, putting on our helmet of salvation, right? Knowing the word of God as our sword, the sword of the Holy Spirit, which is the word of God, Jesus, who is the word of God. Help us, Lord, to always continue to keep our shield of faith up high, knowing that the trials that we're facing is a demonstration of the strength of our faith in you, Lord. And it will help us to endure through these trials. So we thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you will help us to keep on the belt of truth, Lord, so that we will remain in the truth and not be deceived by the enemy, because that is one of his most effective tactics against 
uh, believers is deception to help us to recognize these lies and to keep our belt of truth on at all times. So we thank you, uh, Holy Spirit, for being present for today. We thank you, Lord, and we ask you to help us to continue to demonstrate your greatness, your power as your ambassadors and your and your representatives in the name of Jesus. So I bless every single person who was able to um, attend today and I will see you in the next session. Are you ready to step into your calling and destroy fear, worry, doubt, and anxiety? In Our Victory, God's Glory, author Pamela Noel describes the stop and do nothing else principle that was used by some of the most powerful people in Scripture, including David, Moses, Peter, and Daniel. This You Can't Help Yourself book reveals that success in every area of your life lies in one name. Our Victory, God's Glory was written to support Haiti's elite medical team, a Haitian-American-owned not-for-profit organization that provides healthcare services to the poor in Haiti. Proceeds from the sale of this book will help support our efforts. The ultimate goal is to build a hospital and provide much-needed medical care services currently unavailable to those with limited access to quality health care. Available at Amazon, your local bookstore, or at Trilogy.tv.